black woman, beautiful, powerful, resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation, a talk, especially an informal one between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? It's been a week. Um, I just feel like, I don't know what, if you know what exhaustion, and I know you do because you work like a dog too. But for our listeners, do y'all know what it feels like to be like literally exhausted? Like sometimes I feel like I'm tired, like I worked hard, but I'm not quite exhausted, right? I am literally exhausted. Like I feel like I am running on fumes right now. I'm so exhausted. I have not had a full night's sleep in a really long time. Like I can't even remember when I had a full night's sleep, but it's been a really long time since I've had a full night's sleep and I'm just tired. I'm physically, I'm tired because my body has not had any sleep. Mentally, I'm tired because I just feel like I'm going through a lot of transition myself. And then there's also a lot of people around me who are also coping and dealing with a lot of transition. And let me say this, I'm going on a soapbox, but y'all gonna hear me out. I am a big believer in not making other people's problems your problems, like big, right? It's all about boundaries. And if you can handle the capacity, of course, take it on if you can be helpful. But if you really know you cannot handle the capacity, then don't take any, anybody else's burden on. Even if you are able to handle the capacity, if it's going to mess up your mental state or going to overexert you, you should not be exhausted from somebody else's problems, okay, is what I'm saying. You should only be exhausted from your own problems. Y'all, I'm exhausted from a whole bunch of stuff. Some stuff that I should not have taken on, but I felt forced to take on. And now I'm checking my own self saying, who are you thinking? Like, what, what happened to your own rules and your own boundaries that you haven't followed? And I had to consciously do that for myself in terms of saying no intentionally or, you know, keeping some people, loving people from a distance because I know me and I know that if I know about something, it's going to be hard for me to not step in and all of a sudden make this person's problems my problem. It's going to be really hard for me to do that. So as a result, I try to listen from a distance and not step up and volunteer for things. Well, y'all, this 2023 has not been has not been that for me. I have extended myself to the utmost teeth degree, okay? And now I'm exhausted from other people's problems so much I can't even handle the stuff that's really my stuff to handle. Like I'm trying, falling behind on my own stuff. So um, I'm going to take the rest of this week to wrap up other people's problems. And I'm also going to finish my own problems, work on my own stuff, catch up on my own work and reset next week and just make my own problems, my own problems. But hopefully there'll be fresh new problems 
Because, you know, problems don't ever end. Just fresh new problems that I get to solve instead of letting the old problems continue to linger. So in a nutshell, that's how my week's been, Johnny. How's your week been? Okay, so I think that we just solidify that we need to have an episode about your problems not becoming other people's problems. Because we've had this conversation in a roundabout way a number of times. And I think that we keep going back to this conversation and having it be about friends, but it's really just about boundaries, right? And I'm like, this is something that I've had conversations with my other friends about as well. And the conversation continues to come to something around the the nature of there are two kinds of people, right? They're the kind of people who are external people who solve things by talking to people and, you know, working it out with other people. And there are people who internalize things. And like, it's exhausting being that kind of person that's an internalizer because we don't really talk about, I mean, look, honestly, the top of our podcast, we we talk about it literally at the top of every podcast. It says we don't really talk about our issues because we don't. We just kind of take them on and deal with it and figure out the next way like you have, right? But then there are some people who will allow their issues to become your issues because it's easier. And like, Nicole, I don't know, we have to do, maybe we need to get a therapist on to help us because we really need to figure out a way to not take on other folks' problems. Somehow we always manage to, I don't know, maybe we're just, we're just empaths and we're just like, oh, okay, well, we're going to help because we would want someone to help us, even though the help never comes for us. But you know, we got, we got to figure it out. For me, I don't really want people to really know my problems. I'm going to fix it myself before you know it's a problem. But for a lot of people, they like to talk openly about their problems. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm even that cool with you for you to be telling me all your problems. But okay, let me help you solve them. And get on to the next. And then all of a sudden, that person becomes, thinks that you're a close friend. No, we're not close. I just help you solve a few problems. And we're going to move on because I don't want to help you solve any more problems. I know that sounds bad, but... Um, Yeah, I have a circle of friends that I will work with and they help me solve problems. I help them solve problems. That's great, right? We helping one another. I agree. I agree. And I literally had this conversation with one of my friends and she was like offended a little bit because I told her, I was like, do me a favor. Like, don't be offended that I don't answer the phone every time that you call because sometimes I literally just have to say, let me figure out what she's calling for to see if I have the mental space to handle it. Because sometimes it just feels like you only call me when you have problems and you just want to vent or complain. And sometimes I'm just not in that headspace. Yeah, we got, we got to do an episode about this because this is a lot. And I don't think that people realize like, you know how they say check on your strong friends? We really literally just mean check on us. Like we're not asking you to listen to our problems. We literally just want you to be like, are you okay? How are things going? Is there anything that I can do for you? That goes a long way. Okay, let's 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 get to what we're supposed to be getting to. You didn't tell us how your week was, Janine. Like that. It sounded like we had the same kind of week. We don't even need mm. to go into it because this ain't that kind of podcast. I mean, literally, and this is gonna sound really bad. It was my best friend had two deaths in her family. Like my very best friend in the entire world. She had two deaths in her family, literally within days of each other. So that was not anything that I had to take on, but she's my best friend. So I gladly, you know, take on that that conversation. And just everything this week has just been very interesting. It's not been a great week. I'm grateful that I'm still here to you know talk about it, but it hasn't been like a great week. So we're going to just move on. Make sure you do all the things you're supposed to do. Johnny said it a million times. Go ahead and like all of our stuff. Comment. Send us your emails. Send us your letters. Get your friends to subscribe. Subscribe, y'all, and comment and rate. 
Now, Janine, what's on our timeline this week? So, Nicole, there's some foolishness on our timeline this week, but it has an interesting twist. Now, don't let me make it seem like it's not foolishness because it's real wild, but it's kind of like giving Maury Povich without the paternity test. Let me just get into it for you really quick. So this came on our TikTok timeline this week. Actually, it was on Twitter. It was on Instagram. It's just been on all the timelines. So obviously, y'all, that's why we're talking about it. So it comes from user of TikTok who his name on TikTok is House of Hypocrites. Ironic. So last week he was doing this series of lives where he was telling his like life story. Essentially, he was talking about who he is, where he's from, all of that. Well, he got into his story about him having seven children. So let me kind of go into this for you. I think the explanation after the backlash of him going into all of these stories was really the viral moment, but it's all real wild. So I'm going to tell you. So he starts off by saying he has seven kids and he also has seven baby mamas. Now, mind you, he's only 27. Now, I know this from a bit more digging that I did about him, but we're going to go back to the story. So as he was going, telling his story, he said he found a lot of women taking issue with him and calling him a deadbeat because he has seven kids with seven baby moms. And did I mention that he doesn't take care of any of them? Nor does he actually claim them. He only claimed them for the purposes of these TikTok videos. Self-admittedly, I didn't say that. He said that. Okay, so he said that the women are out here calling him a deadbeat. So he decided to make a post or a series of posts explaining why he is the way he is and why he believes what he believes. Now, ladies, I called BS, Nicole, I full on called BS at the beginning of this. I'm like, dude, you got seven kids, seven baby moms. Like, I don't have want to hear anything you have to say. But then I kept listening because, you know, that's kind of what social media makes you do. And I heard him out. And let me just say this. I think that there's a little bit of a point that he has here. I'm not condoning this man and his seven kids and his seven baby mamas, nor him not taking care of any of them. But y'all... He's a little bit stepping on our toes. I mean, like pouncing on him. Okay. So our 27 year old friend says he admits to being irresponsible and he admits that he didn't wear protection, but he said he always tells women that he doesn't want to be a father. And should he have unprotected sex with them, he offers to either cover plan B or to cover an abortion. Now he says that he you know, when he offers this, the majority of the women take him up on it, right? He says some of them take plan B, some of them take an abortion. Now, let me be clear. He says he's not out here all willy nilly. Now, I did go backtrack. I told y'all I did some digging on him. So he said in a prior video that he had hundreds of bodies. Now, for y'all who are a little bit older, who may not understand what I'm saying, he said he about, had about 200 bodies, right? Now, that means that he has laid down with at least 200 people, not 200 times. Let me be clear. It's 200 different women. So this seven seems very minute in comparison. But, but let me go back to the story. So he says he either suggests that they use protection or he offers to pay for their plan B or offers to pay for them to abort the pregnancy. Now, he said with these seven women, they decided 
to continue on with the pregnancy. Now, mind you, he says that the issue is that they want him now to be responsible for children that he already told them he didn't want. Now, he said some of them have been trying to contact him and he denies them access to him because he had already told them that he did not want these children. So he doesn't think that he should have to be responsible for them, nor does he think that he should be expected to be responsible for them. And he broke it down. He said he shouldn't be responsible for them financially, emotionally, spiritually, mentally, or physically because he told their mothers that he did not want children. He says that he doesn't care what anyone says. The women are not going to force him to have children. He said they both lay down, meaning he and the mother, they both lay down. He said they were both irresponsible. And he said that he didn't pull out. And he said he didn't care to because he knew that he wasn't going to be the one that had to carry the baby for nine months. So he said he knew how good it felt. Why on God's green earth would he pull out? Because he ain't going to be responsible for it. He already done told these women that he didn't want to have kids, right? He said, in his opinion, women should be more careful with who they sleep with. Now, y'all, that ain't a lie. I didn't hear a lie yet. He didn't stop there. I would like to say, if, if it ended there, it would probably be great. But he didn't stop there. He goes on to say that his baby moms are just jump-offs. Now, to be clear, he specifies what he means by jump-offs. He said that these are women that didn't, that didn't have to do, he didn't have to do anything to lay down with them. He literally said that he had to do the bare minimum, but they gave him access, and these are his words, to their body. He then says that they think that he wants to be a father to a child when he doesn't even have love for them. Now, peep game. He didn't say that he didn't love them. He said that he don't even have love for them, meaning like he's indifferent. He don't care. They just something to do, literally. Then he asked a more important question. He said, how do these women expect me to love these children when I didn't even love them? Now, y'all, that kind of hurt because I... I, I don't know this man from a can of paint, but that's like one of those gut punching questions where you're like, yeah, that that's a real one. So he closes this out by saying, clearly he can't force a woman to have an abortion, which we all know. And even after he said that he's been honest with them, he said the women go on and make the choice for their own body. He said women say it's their body, their choice. So he should have a choice, too. Everybody was irresponsible. Everyone took equal parts in this. Everyone chose not to use protection. Everyone was honest until now we have a baby. So he got such backlash from this original video that I kind of dug into the second one, Nicole. I'm sorry. So first in the second video, he says he just learned what a vasectomy is. Now, I'm going to just say bless his little 27-year-old heart because at 27, you should have been known what a vasectomy is, sir. Now, he did say he's not going to do that. And I'm not, I'm not mad at him. He's 27. He probably shouldn't have a vasectomy at 27, right? But I still want him to know what a vasectomy is. But I digress. So people were asking him 
if he knew what a vasectomy was and if he knew, you know, how to use condoms. And he said, now, Nicole, this is the part that started scaring me. He said he uses condoms most of the time, but these specific instances that he's referencing, he decided that he didn't want to use condoms. Nicole, he kind of put us back in our place again, though, when he said not at any point in his 27 years has a woman asked him to wear a condom. Basically, he said that if he did not request for the condom to be worn, that in 27 years, not one woman asked him to wear a condom. Knowing how irresponsible he is, knowing how he feels about it, he knows it feels better raw the same way that she knows that it feels better raw. So why is it his fault? But again, not one person in 27. Never mind. I'm not not even going to go there. So now he has a message also for those who think that he's lying to the women and not telling them initially up front that he didn't want to have children. Right. So he said, here's the thing. It doesn't matter. And this is kind of when my feelings got really hurt. He said, it doesn't matter. Then he asked, why does he have to tell a woman to be responsible with her body? Why does he have to tell a woman to wait for a man to commit to them before she has unprotected sex with him? Or does he have to tell women to wait until they get married before she gives it to a man? So he said there used to be a point in time where women actually valued their bodies and they valued their innocence and they valued their virginity. He said, but we don't live in that day and age anymore. He said that the people that are responding to him and saying that, you know, he's being disrespectful and that he should be more respectful of women and their bodies, he's basically telling them it's not his responsibility and he's not going to allow you to somehow make it his responsibility because he can't prevent, prevent women from getting pregnant. And Nicole, that's true though, because we all know, our mamas all told us, y'all know how not to get pregnant. Everyone's mama told them that. You know how not to get pregnant. Come on now. He said, as a man, he's going to do whatever a woman allows him to do. He said, don't expect him to be responsible when the woman is irresponsible and don't expect him to have remorse because he knew just like they knew what it was when they lay down. Now, I'll admit I did dismiss these women a little bit, Nicole, and say they must have had low self-esteem or they must not have known any better. And he debunked that, too. And he said out of all seven of his baby moms, some are wealthy some not so much. He said some of them have great jobs. Some of them have just regular jobs. He says some of them are super classy and some of them are, are a little ratchet. Now, I don't even understand how. He then wrapped this all up nicely in a good little bow and said to us that if you think that after women watching this is going to keep the women away from him, then you got another thing coming because he said trust that there will be women coming for that 8.5 and he doesn't feel bad. He said he's not lying to women. He's not manipulating women and he's never had to beg for it. And yeah, he said that he's just doing what women are permitting him to do. And honestly, Nicole, I don't think he should feel bad for it. Yeah. Should he take care of his kids because they're responsibilities that he created? Absolutely. But do I think that he should feel bad for it? No, I think, Nicole, that this serves as a lesson for all of us to do what, Nicole? 
Be more selective with our vaginas, ladies. We just saying. So I watched it too. And I went and watched a whole bunch of his other TikToks because I was interested in figuring out what this man was really about. And to say that he's 27, you're like in his 27 years of, you only been having sex probably 10 years, right? Like you're not having sex when you're 10, right? So it's not really that long that he's having sex, but you've had sex with 200 plus bodies in the short little lifespan you have, right? Like you're 27, you probably don't even have good credit yet. And you are having sex and knocking down 200 people. That is just mind blowing to me. But uh, he did say a lot of things that were absolutely on point. Men should not have to tell women how to protect their own bodies. They should not have to tell people to value their bodies. Men should not be the people saying this is how you prevent pregnancy. They should not be the people saying don't have sex with somebody that's not committed. He was on point. I mean, he's like, you know, listen, I'm out here wild. I'm trying to get what I can get from whoever I can get it with. And unfortunately, you know, people have sexual needs. Women have sexual needs. And if they see somebody that is, you know, telling they pretty and in their ear, then, you know, that person may or may not get some depending on what's going on, have a few drinks and who knows, you know, it could be just a good time that night. Right. But we do have to take steps to be a little bit more um, uh, protective. But you know me, I just do not believe in giving random, giving it out randomly. I just don't, I don't believe in that because you may slip up and have a baby by somebody that ain't got no job. You met in a club. They look good. They smell good for a second. And then you realize that he driving over to the gas station to go to work or to McDonald's and he can't take care of you or your children. No knock to people that are working at McDonald's or the gas station. I'm not saying that. But you know yourself, you can't take care of multiple kids by multiple different baby mamas. That's a fact. I didn't make that fact. It is. It is what it is. Okay. We know what you make there. You know, you got to be careful. You got to know who you actually laying down with. And if you're laying down with somebody that you know can't afford to take care of you or the child or want to, then that's sort of kind of our fault, right? Like we have to own that piece. If you get pregnant, you you sort of have to own it just like they should own it. But you can only be responsible for yourself. You can't be responsible for somebody else and, and their feelings towards how, how you got pregnant or, or you being pregnant or having a child that they find out about later. That's your fault. You should have been more careful. Now, yeah, we already know we should be selective, but he's out here wild. So he should really value himself more as well. You know, he's out here, 200 bodies. You know, last time I checked, STDs are still raging. And you think, I'm just thinking about the statistics. How many people do we test for STDs? You had sex with 200 people. You don't think any of them had any STD? You really that lucky? I don't think so, right? And if you are going in there raw and you lost in the sauce, you for sure probably didn't contract some STDs and you probably spread them down through your lineup, okay? Which is sort of kind of nasty, right? There's there's a reason that we don't want you to have STDs. One, women, that gives you pelvic inflammatory disease. Chlamydia, gonorrhea, causes scarring inside of your pelvis. It can lead to infertility issues, okay? You may want a baby, but you can't have a baby later on because this joker then got you knocked up and gave you chlamydia and gonorrhea. And then five years from now, when you find a man in your life, you wonder why you can't get pregnant. I know this is probably stung a nerve, okay? Because some of you may be dealing with adhesions that you have to get out or abscesses in your pelvis. Because some joker five years ago got, got you pregnant and gave you chlamydia. I'm just saying. It is what it is. I'm an OBGYN. I'm going to tell you the truth. So... That kind of unprotected, let's have sex willy-nilly with all kind of people, 
can get you stuck in some permanent situations that can affect you later on. And it, it feels good right now, but you know what? So does a rabbit. Get you one, okay, if you are tempted. Do like Dr. Pliny said and invest in that vibrator and, uh, you know, delay the onset of uh, having inappropriate relations with uh, deadbeats. That's all I'm saying. Okay, Nicole, I literally have been laughing hysterically off mic, but honestly, it's funny, but it's honest. You didn't tell the people anything wrong. Ladies, let me say this to you. Nicole put it to you as nice as she possibly could as Dr. Plenty. She told y'all to get a vibrator. I'm going to tell y'all, if you are having sex with the man like this, because, you know, every once in a while you get this itch that you want a bad boy. And for whatever reason, we think in our mind that we can change them. He's not going to change. He is not going to change. You are not going to be the magic P that changes him. Okay, let me be very clear to you. It's all the same. It's all pink on the inside. If she didn't change him and make him want to be responsible for his kids, you're not going to be the one to change him and make him responsible for his kids either. All right. Like before we get through this, let's talk through it. You said one thing that I was like, wait a minute. You know, all of vaginas are the same. Uh uh-uh, uh, girl, mine is way better than the average vagina. Okay. So I just had to say that. So that's number one. Okay. That's number one. Just let me just throw that on out. Okay. I know they all pink, but I would have, they all pink. No, girl, we ain't all, all vaginas are not created equal. That's all I got to say about that. But anyway. All right, Jenny. So you ready to talk through some of these letters? Let's do it. All right. So the first letter reads, Nicole and Janine, help me understand why women think they can lock Ben down by getting pregnant. All of us aren't moved by that. I'm currently in law school trying to grind for my future. While out after exam, I met this woman who was a nurse. We conversed a while, went on a few dates uh, over the course of a few months. During our dates, She asked me questions like if I wanted kids. I told her eventually, but not until I'm more established in my career. She responded, me too. That's why I stay on the shot. She asked if I wanted to get married. I told her, of course, when I find that special someone. We were both dating other people, so we were legit just hanging out. I wasn't even trying to have sex with her, but your girl was coming super hard. Well, if she's throwing it, I'm catching it. So eventually we had sex. Then while I'm studying for my upcoming exam, she started blowing me up. When I didn't answer, she just popped up at my part-time job, which is at a law firm that I'm trying to secure a permanent position after graduation. I was in shock because we talked on the phone here and there, but hadn't gone on a date in a few weeks because of my exam schedule. Here she comes telling me she took a pregnancy test and is positive. What the hell? I asked her what happened to the shock. She said that she was late getting the last one. I told her, okay, it's your body, your choice. She said she's going to keep the baby. I said, okay, but now she wants to be in a relationship. I told her I did not want a relationship with her, but that I would be a father to my child and support her as a friend. Now she's big mad. She's calls and hangs up in my face. She drives by my house without stopping. She sends text messages telling me I should be ashamed for not stepping up. I'm feeling like she tried to intentionally trap me. Ladies, what do you think? Could you ladies please give me some advice on how to handle the situation? Derek. Derek, the only time that you're supposed to catch something that's being thrown at you is if you're on a football field or a baseball field. That's it. Derek, I'm sorry that you felt 
fell victim to this, but usually when it's being thrown at you, it ain't what you want. I'm going to say usually. Now, if there's been some like groundwork laid before this, yeah, maybe. But it didn't sound like it was any groundwork. So, Derek, my question is, why you didn't use protection if y'all was just hanging? Because she was on the shot, but they got to do with STDs. Why? What's going on? Why we didn't do that? So, Derek, I'm not going to place blame here because there's two people in the situation and two people have to deal with the situation and you all are equally responsible. So my suggestion is that you prepare for this child that's coming because she wants to have this child. She also wants you. So also be prepared that she might be a little nuts because if you don't want to be with her too, that's going to infuriate her. Now she sees a payday. You about to be a lawyer. She know that if you're not going to be with her, at least you're going to pay this good child support, right? She wanted a kid. It sounds like she had it out for you, but I don't want to speak that onto another woman. So it just could, you know, be that. Derek, I'm sorry. You about to be a daddy. I don't know what to tell you. Yeah, does it sound like she trapped you? Yeah, sounds like that. But Derek, you know better. You're a lawyer. Or you're about to be a lawyer. You knew, you knew what this was. It just, you know, sometimes we get caught up in the moment. And by we, I mean men, not me. I don't know. I don't really have any advice for you other than maybe make sure that you wrap it up next time when you're catching it. Nicole, what do you have to say? A couple things. So Derek is in law school, right? She a nurse. They're hanging out at the bar. They meet each other. I'm going to tell you what this nurse was thinking. She thought, hmm. He got them slacks on that button up shirt. He may or may not have a tie. It's probably loosened at that point. And he might have taken it off. He's smelling good. His hair is cut fresh. Why? Because he is a law student, right? And he got swag because he is a law student, right? They all have swag, right? She's thinking, ooh, he looking good, right? And then he tells us he's about to be a lawyer. What? I'm going to lock this down. Like, I'm single. I'm going to go ahead and lock this down. Like, this man don't know it, but he not going nowhere. Men, let me tell you, as women, we know when we want you to go somewhere and when we don't want you to go somewhere. We we 100% know when we want you to go somewhere when we don't. And we 100% know when we're going to give you something when we're not. We, we know that off, off that, okay? I'm telling all the secrets, but we absolutely know it, right? So she knew for the moment she met you, she was going to give you some, right? And she's about to lock you down. Now, I don't think she knew she had to lock you down from pregnancy. I thought she probably thought, well, I'm cute too. You know, I'm going to flirt with him and he's probably going to be attracted to me. But this man is on the grind. And one thing about a man on the grind, they are focused. Men get married when they get established and when they're ready to settle down. They don't get married because they found somebody that they, you know, they love. No, like, it's, I love you, but it's not the right time. right? <laughs> Circle back to me in a year when I finished law school. Then it'd be the right time, right? She was just the wrong time girl, right? She could have been great. She could have been beautiful. But if, if for him, if he had in his mind that it's not the right time for him, there's nothing she could have done to convince him that she's the one at that moment and it's the right time for him to commit. Because he's already told you he's not ready for a commitment. He's on the grind. He's in law school. He's trying to get this permanent job at this place that he's interning at. So, you know, he's not you're not the focus. Now, you can say his friend for a while until he's you know looking but obviously he's not looking. It didn't even seem like he was looking for really a good time. You were looking for a good time. You were trying to get laid. So if she's trying to get laid, then 
she has to say, okay, I'm throwing myself at this guy. I have to accept the consequences. But she thought that that was going to trap him and make him stay, but it didn't. But I know why she did, because he was looking good. That's what she saw. And she said, I want to take this man to my mama house and let my family meet him because I'm I'm claiming this man is my man. Now, when she got rejected, all of that is just backlash from rejection. Is she really crazy? Mm, maybe. But maybe not. Maybe she's just getting over that initial shock of the rejection. I'm hoping that that is what it is. But you know what, Derek? You're you're about to be an attorney. You work around a whole bunch of attorneys that are already licensed attorneys. What you have to do is you probably should seek legal counsel. Hey, I've already said I would step up and support her and this child. He's already said it. He's already admitting, hey, it's his responsibility. He didn't re- deny that. He's already saying he will support them, which I assume will be financially and emotionally. What more does she want? Oh, she wants a commitment. Well, that doesn't come with the that doesn't come with the territory. Nothing about having a baby says that a man has to commit to you. You're not in a relationship with this man. You don't have any papers on this man. So what makes you think that he has to commit to you? Nothing. He's done the things that he's supposed to do. The only thing the only person he has to commit to is the child. And he's already done that. So he may have to end up doing things like, hey, let's put some things on paper so we can have joint custody or if she's going to have custody. Let me go ahead and figure out how much I need to pay in child support and what the visitation schedule is going to be. You may need to go ahead and seek that kind of legal counsel if she's already acting a fool like this right now. That is what I would tell you to do. All right, Janine. So what is your letter read? Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. TT from Savannah here, and I'm writing because I need some of that good girlfriend advice that you all give. So I'm 47, and I'm a single mother of four beautiful adult children. My daughter, who is 29, my twin sons, who are 25, and my youngest son, who just turned 21. I know you hear this all the time, but I love my children, and they're the absolute best in my eyes. It's just my daughter that keeps me in prayer. Now, to be fair... I had my daughter my senior year of high school, so she basically grew up with me. Now, you would think that she would have learned from my mistakes, but of course, she just followed in my footsteps instead. By the time I was my daughter's age, I was a single mother of four. The only difference is my daughter's children are all by the same father, and I had two different fathers, my daughter's father and the father of my sons. I guess she's doing better than me since all of her children have the same father. Let me explain this. So Cassie's boyfriend, Cassie is my daughter, slash baby's dad, has been with her since they were in high school. He has always told her that he loves her and wants to be with her, but he also wants his freedom to see other people. He has also told her that he has no interest in getting married. Now, he's been clear about this to my daughter since they first met. Day one, he said, it's how his father is and it's worked for him. So he doesn't see any issue with it. My daughter, on the other hand, wants to be in a loving, caring, committed marriage because that's what she saw when she was raised by her grandparents. Both my parents and her father's parents are in loving, long, committed marriages. I'm sure you all can see the issue here. Now. To be clear, my daughter's boyfriend slash baby's father is taking care of them. 
though she has four kids, he takes care of all of them. My daughter and the children live with me. He does have his own place, though small, because he's a long-haul trucker. I heard my daughter the other night talking on the phone with her boyfriend slash baby daddy about having number five. I asked my daughter about it, and she said he always wanted to have a big family, and maybe number five will come with a ring. I don't have the heart to break it to her. Ladies, how can I tell my daughter that no matter how many babies she decides to pop out with this man, he does not want to marry her? I don't want to hurt my daughter's feelings, but I also don't want her waiting for something that's likely never to come to be. Please, please help. Sign TT. Hey, TT girl. So one thing's for sure, if you're writing us, you probably already mentioned this a thousand times to your daughter. I know that she's heard your feelings about this man before. So now you're saying you don't want to hurt her feelings. You've already told her that. You probably told her that at the baby number one or baby number two. She on baby number four and he talking about the fifth baby. So she already knows. And I'm pretty sure that if you know that he said he did not want to be married ever, then she knows that he said he did not want to be married ever. Now, the thing about it is the oldest daughter, you said is 29. Is that right? Okay. And she's been with this man since high school. Is that right? If depending on the state, they already married. That's called common law. Okay. She in the, she in the South, common law. All right. They split up. She can go ask for, for spousal support. Real talk, okay? So they are married, depending on what state you're in. If you, you've been together eight years consistently, you married. Now, the issue is, TT said, oh, this man is supporting his four kids. How sweet. If she living with you and her kids living with you, you supporting her and her four kids. If he's not housing and clothing them, he's not supporting them. Going to buy them some McDonald's and some clothes here and there or some school supplies, that's not support. That's not support. So TT you have to figure out what you think is support because if you don't know, she certainly don't know. Okay. So you need to lay some lines down, like some, you need some boundaries, TT. One, this ain't your business. Okay. This is not your business. That's your daughter's business. Stay out your daughter's business. Okay. If she likes it, you love it. Don't stay out of the business. Number two, if you don't like it, you need to say, you got 30 days to get up out of my house. And this man want a fifth baby that you think I'm going to pay higher electricity bills for and all this stuff for and these kids going to be running around my house in diapers, you need to get out. And so if he wants to make another baby, he needs to be able to support you and the four that he has now. You haven't set standards for yourself, TT, that make your child set standards. She's comfortable being in her late 20s living with you and her four children. She's very comfortable because you haven't made her grow up. You've always been there to help her raise these kids since she was in high school. Why would she move out? Why would he think that he has to put a roof over these kids' heads? Why? He's out here doing whatever he's doing with his money because he's a trucker and he's out here willy-nilly. Why? Because he don't got no real bills. He's staying in a small place, so you say. So his bills are really cheap. So he can go and hoe on the side and be with every Tom, Dick, and Harry that he wants to because he has money to spend because he don't have to pay no real rent or no mortgage, right? When you're on a budget, it, 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 listen, it costs to be the boss. It costs to be a player. It costs to date around. And when you're on a budget, you don't have no money to be dating around and having sex willy-nilly with all these people. You don't have no money to be spending, you know, buying $20 cocktails at a bar. Like you don't have the funds to do that. And until you make him step up and provide for 
you and your children until she does makes him step up and provide for us. He's going to continue to be willing. He don't have no real responsibilities. He's responsible for himself. TT, you're responsible for her and her four kids because they're under your roof. Y'all need to get some perspective on this. That's not, this is not your business. But what is your business is her being in your house. And I would lay the line down and say, you got to get out my house. You think that this nice, this is cool. He wants a big family attend and, and y'all going to grow and have all these babies, but not on my dime. You need to get out. That is your, that is within your limits. Okay. That is your business because that's your house. Get her out of your house and then she can do whatever she wants to do. I would tell her to make her own business, her business, and she would get out of my house. There's no way I would have a grown child in my house with a whole bunch of children and then trying to plan to have another child knowing that's going to run my bills up. What? Mm -mm, Absolutely not. Now, TT, I am 100% agreement with Nicole. The only thing that I would suggest or ask is, TT, is he paying your bills too? Because if, if he's paying your bills, that's why you don't want to hurt your daughter's feelings. Because what's happening is he's sending the money and you paying the bills. Because is that happening? And then my other question is, is your daughter the only one that's still living at home or is it a house full? Are your sons still living home too or one of one or two of them still living at home? Is it a big party at your house? TT, what is going on here? Look, I get that you're saying that your daughter followed in your footsteps, right? I get it. She has four kids, but to Nicole's point, she's consistently been with this man and clearly they're together. So they might already be married. It sounds like she just wants a ring. It don't sound like the man is going anywhere. You didn't make mention and you might not know that he, you know, has he been stepping out? Has he been seeing other people? Or is this just something that he thinks is cool because that's what he saw his father do, right? Like, is he actually doing that? I don't know. I'm not telling you to not tell your daughter otherwise, but to Nicole's point, you probably already told her. Most times by the time you write into us, you've probably already had said conversation and told her how you felt, but just probably not as eloquently as you would have liked to. So you just want us to wrap it up in a bow so that you can tell it to her again. TT, just tell your daughter, baby, look, I love you, but this is not a very realistic plan to have baby number five when you still living at my house and expecting a ring from a man who said that he doesn't want to be married. Just be honest with her. And, you know, maybe even be transparent about the mistakes that you made and why you ended up a single mom of four. To Nicole's point, you can set boundaries, TT, so that if she does have baby number five, it's time for you to go. Make it uncomfortable for her so that she does not have baby number five. Or, you know, if she's really determined to have baby number five, she's going to have it regardless. But it does not have to be on your dime. So, Janine, what did you learn new this week? So I learned that according to a study done at NIH from researcher Diana Green Foster, that 30% of women said that they would definitely have unprotected sex. And 20% of women said that sometimes or maybe they would have unprotected sex. So that's about 50% of women said that they're out here willing to risk it all. Now, This kind of broke my heart. It said that black women, like African-American women, were 75% more likely to report willingness to have unprotected sex. Y'all, why are we out here risking it all? Why? What did you learn new this week, Nicole? Okay, so mine came from the Gut Gut Marker Institute. And it says 99% of people have had sex by age 43. 
94% and 95% of those people did so before they got married. And I also learned about, um, let me see, uh, what was it? 1.6 million uh, new chlamydia cases in last year. Just want to throw that out there. Wait, wait, how many? That number is that number is reduced. 1.6 million. That number is actually a low number compared to what it used to be. But yeah. And that's just chlamydia. That's not all STDs. It's just chlamydia. <laughs> that's just, just chlamydia by itself. Yeah. Completely preventable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, Janine, are you ready for the motivational moment? Yes, ma'am. And it says, ladies, we've got to be more careful with our vaginas. Yes, men should step up to the plate and raise the children they create. But we have to look at ourselves if we choose to have sex with someone we don't know too fast or with someone who doesn't appreciate the gift they've been given. Your vagina is a gift, ladies. Don't give it away to someone who hasn't earned the prize. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye! Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson-Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh, That's Deep BWC. Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a Mean Old Lion Media production.